0: Before we get into this week's teaching, I just want to pause for a moment to tell you about our Spirit and Word Leaders Summit. Coming up in March 2017, Dr Sharon Stone is going to be with us, incredible prophetic minister with great insight. Mark Stevens will be leading worship, there'll be other guest speakers and myself, and we'll have 24 hours from a lunchtime on a Tuesday to lunchtime on Wednesday to grow as leaders. We want to build incredible, spirit-filled churches that are growing and changing and transforming. their. Communities. If that excites and interests you, come along to be with us. Bring your team and let's grow as leaders. Go to revivechurch.co.uk to find out more and to book in. It's great to be with you and uh, just uh, always a delight to be here in Revive Church. You know, um, talking about finances, I- I'll never forget the shock I had when I was, um, I was 15 years old. I just got on fire, uh, really started to get more on fire for the Lord. And um, my dad used to get Kenneth Copeland's magazine used to come through. And uh, anyway, used to leave it around the house, I think in deliberate places that us boys would pick it up. And I remember one time I just picked it up and I sat down and there was an article in by an American preacher called Jerry Savell. And, uh, and it blessed my socks off. You know, I was so encouraged by this word, so blessed with it, that I went through to my dad's office where he was working. And I read, I said, Dad, you've got to listen to this. And I stood there and I read the whole thing from beginning to end. Well, dad bless him you know, in, in his grace and patience. He listened to the whole thing. And at the end of it, I said, wasn't that amazing? And he looked at me and he just said, you were blessed, weren't you? I said, yeah, I said, you ought to send him an offering. I said, what? <laughs> and uh, and uh, I said, what do you mean by that? I mean, after all, I only have my pocket money. <laughs> but he, said, he took it as an opportunity. My dad was one of those men who always looked for what today, my wife and, all call, my wife and I call it, without kids, teachable moments. Yeah. And so, you know, he suddenly turned to me and he just said to me, you know, John, I know we haven't talked much about this before, but I've always learned through the years that whenever you get blessed, it's good soil to sow into, to give into. It's held me in good stead. Every time God blesses you, sow back into it. That's good soil. And you know, it's we've lived now by faith for 29 years. And, and I can tell you, we, I could tell you more testimonies of miracles uh, probably than you've had hot dinners. Most of us could. I, but I mean, testimonies of uh, not only of healings and miracles like that, but just miraculous provision of finance, you know. Incredible stuff. Some of you may have heard me tell the story of uh, you know, of the time that we had which happened twice that the Lord kept multiplying the money in the wallet you know I I mean amazing Um, you know and as I say to people I've been trying to get that one to work ever since but but you know but the truth is when I needed it at that moment it happened it happened out in, uh, out in the Philippine Islands. It happened in the Ukraine. Uh, just amazing things. And the guys I took with me to look after the money, they would literally hold the wallet out to me and they would, go, they would look white as a sheet. They'd be shaking and say, John, something's happening in this wallet. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, well, every time we take mine, we give it to the guy for lighting, for staging, whatever. We close it. Then he comes back and asks for more. I open it and it's full again. He said, Where does the money come from? I said, I don't care. Let it keep coming. (laughs) In Jesus' name. (laughs) I said, Yeah. But all I can say to you is that God is good, God is faithful. All the wealth in the world belongs to Him, even what's in our bank accounts. I mean, it's, it's the truth about it. One day we'll have to give an account to Him. So I've always said to my wife, it would disturb me if I get to the end of a month and I, and I check through my check stubs or my bank statement, I found that I've spent more money on takeaways than I have on giving. Yeah. Yeah. That would concern me. Because yeah. where a man's treasure is, there is his heart. Amen. It's absolutely right. And you want your heart more to be in the kingdom than in the curry. Amen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> anyway, bless you. I had one of those last night actually it was very good but anyway that's why it's on my mind (laughs) here we go Look, um, just to say, I, I have permission from Joe just to uh, to do this, just to say this. Look, um, if any of you are interested in personally getting to know a little bit more about our own ministry, if you want to pray for the ministry, if you want to give to the ministry, if you want to get involved in short-term missions, um, look, I'll just leave some of these here on the, on the seat just down here. There's all kinds of photos here. These photos just represent from one year of, of, uh, of missions around the world. We're always on the go somewhere telling people about Jesus. And um, here's just a few things I mean. You know, that photo brings back so many memories for me. That little photo there is right in rural Rwanda in East Africa. And I can remember, you can't see her there, but I know where she is. A little lady uh, right down in the corner there was bitten by a puff adder while she was doing gardening. And lots of people get bitten by snakes in Africa every year. And, and uh, anyway, I knew nothing about this. So I'm up there, I'm praying for the sick. And the Holy Spirit suddenly says to me, There's a woman who was bitten by a puff adder in her garden. And her left arm is paralyzed. Speak it out, I'll heal her. And so I just spoke that out. Suddenly the power of God came on that woman. She was completely, her her left arm was literally paralyzed and shriveled, just down like that. But the power of God, as we spoke the word, it's the power in the word of God. So we spoke the word of God, that arm just completely, as it were, refilled and came totally free. I mean, 100% healed by God's power. Beautiful. That one there, I'll always remember this, this, this is in Nitra in Slovakia, and, uh, and we were out there in the park, and there was a platform up, and we were preaching the gospel, doing music, all sorts, and, uh, and suddenly the Lord gave me a word of knowledge, there's a guy sitting here, you can hear me, here in the park, you're deaf in your left ear, Jesus wants to heal you, and uh, I'm always tempted when I get words of knowledge about hearing, say, so if you can hear me, there's somebody here with a problem, but I just... But anyway, there's this guy there and, uh, and anyway, there's two of these guys who are, who are just sleeping rough and they're out there. And, um, and so when I gave this word, one of them gets up, he comes up to me, he says, it's me. So I said to everybody in the park, come on everybody, come here and gather around. Let's pray for this guy. Let's see what Jesus will do for him. And so I put my hand in and pray for him and his ear instantly opened. Well, when his ear got opened, he, he looked up at me and said, you are God, you are God. I, I said, I tell you what, you can be really thankful I'm not, but I can tell you... I said that that it is God who's healed you. It's Jesus who's healed you. And he gave his life to Christ as did many others. It's lovely. Uh, I've got to tell you about this one here. You see this large crowd in a mass uh, evangelistic uh, mission there out in India just two years ago. Can I say, please do pray for um, the church in India today. Uh, You know, with the government change and everything, it's really militantly Hindu. And uh, I, somehow over in our country, I don't know why uh, it gets promoted this way. Hindu is not a peace. Hinduism is not a peaceful religion. You know, neither is Islam. But these places, you know, we need to love the people love the people and bring Jesus to them. But at the same time as that, you know, there's the tremendous violence being done against many believers in India at the moment. Horrendous stuff. So many of the Hindu temples are full of child prostitutes and all of that kind of stuff. And the churches are saving up money all the time to rescue these precious little girls out of that situation. So please do pray for the churches. They, they re, it's a real battle zone. And, uh, and I mean, here we were that night. I mean, to give you an idea, that particular night... Um, I had three truckloads of militant Hindus turn up with machetes to kill me and and my mates. As you can see, I'm here to tell the story. (laughs) Praise the Lord for that. So... You know, and God delivered us from that. The third night, you know, we had the Indian intelligence services turn up wanting to take me and interrogate me. You know, this isn't the nice kind of uh, cozy conferences, you know, where we just have a wonderful time. You know, we're really out on the front lines and we value, we need your prayers. And when I say, you know, I say to people, look, yeah, we do. Do we need your cash? Yes, we do need your cash. But let me say, if it was between cash and prayers, I'd choose prayers every time. Because you know where the prayers are, the cash will follow. And I'll tell you that because God is faithful. Um, But, you know, Paul the Apostle wrote to his partners in the Philippian church and he said this to them. He said this, you know, he wrote this from a Roman prison. He said, I know that through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. There is a connection between the prayers of the saints and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So please, you know, if... um, you know, let me tell you the great story though about that. It is a great story that I'm alive and here to tell the story. But, but let me tell you the other great story because that particular night, not only did God deliver us from the guys who came to murder us, but as well as that, a guy turned up from the Gunta district, which is a very rural part of Andhra Pradesh. And uh, he was flown in because he had a huge tumour sitting on the side of his neck. And he was booked into the central hospital to have that removed surgically. He arrives, uh, he arrives at the airport Um, he picks up a taxi and he's driving through Hyderabad. As he's driving through Hyderabad, he sees our posters everywhere saying, come to the Hyderabad Miracle Festival. He says to the taxi driver, take me there. He says, where? He said, to that place. He said, well, why do you want to go there? He said, I need one of them. He said, one of what? He said, a miracle, take me there. (laughs) So they drove up alongside where we were. Nobody laid hands on him. Nobody personally ministered to him. But we're up the front, we're praying over the crowd that Jesus will make himself real to each and every person there. That he will heal the sick and set people free. He takes one foot out of the taxi, puts his feet on the soil of the ground. The moment he does, that tumor disappeared like you put a pin in a balloon. The wonderful thing is, we were there. It happened right at the beginning of the mission. We were there long enough for him to go into the hospital and to have that checked out. he, He has it all checked out, medically verified, not a trace of cancer in his body. Totally healed by the power of God. Operation canceled amazing that's our jesus so if you are anyway you want to know more or you want to get involved in short term missions to get involved in short term missions you have to do our impact training you can either come to the impact course we have one happening at the end of this uh, this the end of this month in Burton-on-Trent so you can either book in and come to that or you can do it's all online now and it's all totally free and you can do the training but you have to you know get in touch with us tell us that you've done the different trainings answer the questions Um, and you do need a good pastoral reference so you might need to you know to wash Jared's car a few times All right, there we are okay so he's saying amen there also, just to say, outside look, I've got about eighty of these with me. Uh, a few years ago, I was approached by CWR. If you remember CWR, CWR asked me if I would contribute to a book on revival, and uh, to partner really with um, Gerald Coates and uh, Gerald Coates and Greg Haslam and people like that. Um, it was a huge privilege, um, you know, to write this book on revival. And the book is simply called God Unannounced, where God just suddenly sovereignly breaks in. And revival breaks out. So it's a book on revival. It's actually done as a daily devotion. So it's a month worth of devotions. And uh, you know, it, it's just it's a it's a cracking book. If I do say so myself. I mean, you know, but uh, I enjoy reading what the other guys have to say. And I mean, Greg is fantastic in it, and, amongst others. Yeah. So um, just want to encourage you. It normally retails at seven ninety nine. You can get it for five quid today. It's just out there. Um, please do help yourself. You. Chris, be blessed. Amen. Okay. Glory to God. Let's just pray. Father, it's such an honour to be in your presence this morning. We thank you that you're here. Lord, it's great to be together, but we're here for you, first and foremost. Lord, we pray that you would manifest yourself increasingly amongst us this morning, that you would encourage and build up every heart. We pray for any who've come in, Father, feeling burdened, Lord, by the, as it were, by the heat of the day, by the stuff they've gone through in life over the last week, we pray that every burden would be lifted in Jesus' name pray that any condemnation, anybody missed it in any way this week, pray, Lord, just let them know the washing of your precious blood. Let them know cleansing and release and freedom today in Jesus' name. Let them know the Father's smile upon them, Lord, the favour of God in this place. Thank you, Lord, as we sung earlier, the blood of Jesus has made the way into the very holy presence of God, where we're welcomed by a Father who loves us. We just bless you and praise you. I pray, Lord, that you would touch those who need healing this morning, that you would heal them and set them free, Father. Any addictions, that they would be broken in Jesus' name. I pray that any depression would be lifted and that joy would fill each heart. And I pray most of all, don't let one person leave this place without the joy of forgiveness and the certainty of eternal life. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 Amen, amen. Glory to God. Well, would you turn with me to Zechariah chapter 4, please? Zechariah chapter 4. I have a particular word on my heart for you. It is actually a word for you corporately as a church. And, uh, you know, I've been... Praying off and on during the week for what to share with you and uh, nothing particular was coming until I was, uh, was on my exercise bike yesterday <laughs> and then suddenly I got the word. So I want to share this word with you and uh, I, I'm going to try to apply it also in a personal way so that people can get hold of it in a personal way as, a corp- as well as a corporate word and, uh, and I pray that God will just meet with each of us today as we receive and hear the word. The word I want to share with you is this today. I want to talk to you about acceleration. About acceleration. You could call this message the God of acceleration. How many of you believe in seasons? You know, the Bible says in, in, in Luke 12, Jesus said to, uh, said to the people, said to the Pharisees, to leaders, he said, you know, you can tell by the color of the sky at night and, and the color of the sky in the morning, you, you can tell what's, whether the weather's going to be good, bad or whatever. He said, you know, you hypocrites, he says, you can discern the signs of the sky, but why is it you cannot discern this time? And the Bible talks about times and seasons. And our God is a God of times and seasons. And I believe that you are entering a time of acceleration. And so I want to speak to you all about this. So I want to start off here with Zechariah chapter four. And it says this, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. I'm going to say this is the word of the Lord to Jared Cooper. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Can I just give you the literal Hebrew on this? I'm no Hebrew expert, but I know this bit. That it says this in the Hebrew, not by the might of a gathered army. In other words, not by the numbers of people in the church or churches, nor by the power of accumulated wealth, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now this is, the context of this is is, is the rebuilding of the temple. And so we see this, this this is a building project word. And God comes to Zerubbabel and he encourages him in the midst of many challenges that are going on in in this building project. In in the midst of of all of this rebuilding of God's people, God's land, God's temple, in the midst of this and all of the challenges that they face, God reminds Zerubbabel, it's not about how many people are in your church and it's not about how much wealth that they all represent together, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord, and what I promise I will fulfill. Amen. It says, what are you, O great mountain? And in Scripture, of course, many times we know that a mountain symbolizes to us what can, what, an obstacle. It can be an obstacle, maybe a difficult marriage, a difficult relationship, difficult things going on in the family, difficulties there. Maybe it's difficulties, financial challenges. Maybe it's health challenges, things going on in the community, whatever it is. But it says this, this is the great promise of God. What are you, O great mountain? Take this personally. Before Zerubbabel, or before you as a saint of God, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth a capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. You know, this is a work of grace God is doing amongst you. He's taking you into a new season of enlargement and acceleration, and it's the grace of God. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hand shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small beginnings? Amen. We mustn't despise the day of small beginnings, but we must thank God and keep praising him. Because as we do so, it's like watering a seed, isn't it? In the things of God. And we see God turn things around. You know, sometimes when you're in the middle of something, you're in the process in your life, believing for a breakthrough. As somebody once said, from the time that you pray to the time that your breakthrough manifests, that's the time we call faith. When you don't see it, but you're believing it. You're believing you've received it and you're walking it out step by step by step. That is the walk of faith. The moment you can see something, feel it, etc., it's no longer faith. You don't need faith. Faith is the substance Hebrews 11:1. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. Not seen. I love the Amplified translation and this it says faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Very good. Very good. And so, you know, I want to encourage us to take hold of faith in what God has said. You know, when when Jared is talking about giving, it's a great thing. We don't believe in pressured giving, but planned giving. And planned giving can be planned giving that is done in faith. I think mean, you don't necessarily have to say this to, to leaders here or to, to folks like that, but as a family, as the leadership been encouraging you to pray in faith, you know, and to pray together and decide together how much you're going to give to this next phase of the building project and all of that. You know, here's another aspect. This is a good thing to do. And I'm telling you this by the way, because I set my own budget in faith every year for myself. I set the budget of how much I need by faith. I don't tell anybody else, but I set my budget by faith of what I need for the ministry and I set my budget of what I'm going to earn by faith for myself. And for me, you know, living by faith is no better what I'm going to receive <laughs> okay, over the next, every month. And I pray every month and start declaring that money is coming in every month. And I don't see my, you know, you, for, for many of you, it would be your workplace. For me, I don't see my preaching engagements as my primary source of income. The Lord is my income. The Lord's the provider of my income. So therefore, I need to start saying something. I need to start believing something. Amen. And so it's a good thing to plan in faith. So maybe at the moment, you've got 500 in your savings or 2,000 or 10,000, I don't know, whatever you've got in your savings. But you know, you may have a figure to give in your heart as you pray as a family that's a whole lot bigger than what you actually can afford in the natural so what you want to do is you want to bring that before God and start saying to the family, guys, can we agree and believe God that within three months or two months or within six months that we can give this much? Yeah. And then start saying it. Start praying and thanking God for it. I'll tell you a personal story of this from, from my dad. This is my own story, but I learned a lot of this from my dad years ago. My dad ran a, a, a business, a property business in south, Southeast London um, with 13 offices for many years. And in that process... Um, the Clapham office, I remember, there was a time when the Clapham office, it was so bad and, we, and the nation was in a recession and things were going so bad, nothing had sold for months and months and months. It looked like that business was going under and we were going to have to close that office. And um, anyway, my dad and my granddad, who were partners in the business, they decided that they really needed to bring this to the Lord and to pray about it. So they got together and they were praying about it. And as they kept praying about it, my dad, he started to study in scripture, felt a drawing in his heart to, to look at the ministry of angels. And as he started to look at this, he found some interesting things. He found, first of all, that the scripture says in Hebrews one fourteen that the angels are sent to minister... Not only to the heirs of salvation, but the Greek can be translated for the heirs of salvation. Then as he was looking through Psalm 103, he found this, that it says that the angels hearken to the voice of his word. Well, how many of you know that we are the mouthpiece of God in the earth, in the earth? That's what it says in, in 2 Peter, that anybody who speaks the word of God should speak it as the very oracle, as the old King James, but literally the mouthpiece of God in the earth. We are the body of Christ yeah. in the earth. So we speak his word after him. And the angels respond to that word. As somebody said, don't bind your angels by the words you speak. Very good. Yeah. They were sent to minister to you and minister for you to get the administration of heaven released on the earth. Yeah. So, listen, you've got to learn to cooperate. And so, my dad sat down with my granddad, who, was, who wasn't yet a baptized in the Holy Spirit, man. He was a Baptist. He was a wonderful guy. He was very open. And, uh, but, you know, he just, my, my dad sat down and said, Dad, I don't know what you think about this, but I feel that we ought to pray for God to send out the angels to create business opportunities. After all, we tithe everything that we, that we earn in the business, we give it to the kingdom of God, and God is our senior partner. So, he says, So, come on, why don't we just pray? And, uh, and I'm serious about that. They really saw the Lord as being their senior partner so uh, you know the motto of the company was it was service and integrity and they lived that way and so anyway the long and the short of it is that my granddad looked at him and said well I don't know about that i never heard of anything like that Michael and he said well I've just come about this in scripture So anyway, they prayed together and asked God to send out the angels. I said, Lord, in fact, we send out the angels. We say, in the name of Jesus, let the angels go out and bring in the finance. We bind every hindering spirit in the name of Jesus. This is for the work of God. This is why we're saying this over our business. And so Lord, release the angels to bring in business opportunities. And they took communion over it, lifted up the covenant over it, declared it a done deal and praised God for it. Over the next month, and this was the month of July. And I don't know how much you know about a state agency, but the month of July is one of the worst months. Everybody's on holiday. Nobody wants to move. But in the month of July, that one office sold, four, completed 46 properties, broke all UK records for the month of July, ran out of billboards, and the whole business turned around and succeeded. My dad said... If he was asked to write a book on miracles in business, he could write it this thick. He said, but it would all come down to praying and asking God to send out the angels to bring it in. I want to say to you, angels are watching over this project. Angels are watching over it. You want to be declaring it. Amen. Didn't intend to preach that, but just want to tell you. Amen. Okay. Sometimes it can feel in the midst of a project of anything, whether it's a corporate thing, whether it's a business thing, a ministry thing, a personal thing in your life. It can seem like years that you're waiting for the breakthrough to come. But you know that God doesn't always work by our timelines. And sometimes the Holy Spirit suddenly breaks in. He brings a suddenly, he changes the season. And when the suddenlies come, guess what? They happen very suddenly. (laughs) They really do. They suddenly break out. And I believe that God is taking you into such a season. He is a God who speeds things up. He's bringing you into acceleration, in finances, in influence. I, I sense this. I'm declaring this over you as a people, that God is bringing an acceleration of finances, an acceleration of influence, an acceleration of miracles. That some for some people here, things that you've been believing God for for a long time, some long-standing issues, you're gonna in this season, you're gonna have sudden turnarounds. Sudden turnarounds in health sudden breakthroughs. I felt also there's going to be, as you keep sowing and, and seeing towards God, you know, the work of God, I tell you, as you do this, I believe that God also is going, as you take care of his house, he's going to take care of yours. And I believe that there's going to be breakthroughs, not only in physical homes and things like that. And for some, there will be. There are some here who are renting in council houses. And I can tell you that some of you are going to suddenly have a blessing You'll turn around to you will have yes. your own property. And God is turning things around like that. But I believe also you're going to start to experience family salvations. Family salvations in the whole context of it all. I see that and declare it over. You know, Jeremiah chapter one, verse 11 to 12, God spoke to Jeremiah and speaks to him of his calling upon his life. He was only 17 years old when God called him to be a prophet to the nations. And God gave him authority over the nations, even though he never left Jerusalem historically. But God gave him authority over the nations by putting his word in his mouth. By putting his word in his mouth. But after you get to that page, you get to verse 11 and 12, and it says this. It says, it says again, Jeremiah, what do you see? And prophets, they always saw and heard in the spirit. He says, what do you see? And he says, I see the branch of an almond tree. Now, any of you know know much about, you know, all of that kind of uh, horticulture and all that kind of thing. The almond tree is one of the fastest blossoming um, and fruit-bearing plants or trees that is out there. And they actually call it the waker. They kind of nickname it the waker because it kind of wakes up spring. It's one of the first ones out there. And so it's such a fast thing. So interesting the way that God gives us these kind of pictures, first the natural, then the spiritual. And so he says, Lord, I see the branch of an almond tree. And the Lord says, you've seen well because I am hastening to fulfill my word that speaks of acceleration, that the Lord is, many of your translations will say, I am watching over my word to fulfill it. But actually in the Hebrew, it speaks of that. It says, I'm hastening. So he's watching over it to bring it to pass speedily. Yeah. Wow. Speedily. Amen. Thank God. There's a beautiful scriptures. You know, the word of the Lord ran swiftly. Thank God. I believe it. You know, here is a, I, I just had to print this out for myself and I get it out. I, I read this verse from Amos chapter 9 verse 13. Now Amos 9 verse 13 in my New King James Bible says this, there's coming a season where the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes him who sows seed. This speaks of acceleration. You know what it's talking about? It's saying that almost as fast As you can sow seed into the ground, the harvest is coming up. It's speaking of a season of simultaneous sowing and reaping. That's phenomenal. Phenomenal. So, you know, there are parts around the world and it's been documented where revival has broken out in such a place in some parts of the world, notably some of these in South America, where the seasons, the law of the seasons, the length of them has been, has been broken. And instead of taking three or six months or nine months for a harvest to come up, every single month there's a new <laughs> harvest that comes out. Every single month it's from the same seeds again and again and again. And, you know, they've sent down authorities from America to document it, They're trying to work out what's going on. But it's God. And the farmers say that it's since revival came to our region this has happened. Absolutely so. But the Bible prophesies that this would happen. Now, I want to put this into a spiritual context for you now because I believe you're in a season, entering a season of acceleration. I love this. I, I just picked this up from the message. And this is the message translations of it. You ready? listen to this. It won't be long now, says God. Things are going to happen... So fast, your head will, spit, will swim. <laughs> One thing fast on the heels of another. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Amen. 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 I want to declare that. I'm speaking it out today over you as a church. And I keep feeling tempted to say as a movement. It won't be long now. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. Everywhere you look, blessings. I believe that, you know, you've been faithful. You're laying the foundations, the leadership been faithful. And as a people, you've stood together as one to lay the foundations of, of, of what God is going to do over this next season. But as you know, you've put your hand to the plow, God is going to bring you the acceleration. Yeah. He's going to fill the house. He's going to cause the increase to come. I tell you, it's an exciting season to be alive in Revived Church. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. A quick work. Seasons, there are seasons of patience. And there are seasons of breakthrough. But I believe you're entering this season of accelerated breakthrough. Isaiah 66, Isaiah 66 is a, a, a passage we're all familiar with. Isaiah 66 that says this, verse 7 to 9. Verse 7 to 9. Before she was in labour, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? She gave birth to her children. Shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord? Shall I who cause delivery shut up the womb, says your God? There will be no abortion of the purpose of God in this. No abortion of the purpose of God. There's gonna be no loss. But rather increase. We declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Sunday of God. It's time to stay in faith. It's time to stay in expectancy. And can I say that in this season of acceleration. It's time to believe God for that. Not only with finances, buildings, all of that kind of stuff. But believe God for it over your personal life. Believe God. You know if you've gone through cycles. Of, of issues in your life, maybe cycles of addiction, maybe cycles of, uh, of depression, maybe cycles of relational conflict, whatever it is, or sickness, believe God That in this season, God is bringing about for you, he's bringing suddenlies, accelerated freedom, deliverance, breakthrough. You know, things that sometimes can take me naturally, if they went through a, I don't know, maybe if they were an alcoholic and they went to a place to kind of dry out, as they call it, you know, for, for a long season. Some guys, they go through these repeated long programs, but never get free. I I had a a friend of mine like that called Alan. He was a publican. Man, the guy would live. He he would drink a a litre of gin, you know, for breakfast. That's what he got up to. He was just, man, he got to, but he got to, he had gone five times to major drying out centres. Never got free. Always trying to get free, never getting free. However, I remember the day that Ray McCauley from South Africa visited the church. And he didn't know Alan from from, from anybody. But when he gave the appeal, Alan was the first one down the front. Our family, had have kind of been befriending him, reaching out to him. He went down the front to give his life to Christ. And you know, Ray didn't know him from from anybody, didn't know anything about him. Just pointed at him and said to him, I don't know what this is about, sir, but God says to you that from this moment on, never again, that's it. You're free in Jesus' name. From that day for the next last 30 years, he has never touched a drop of alcohol. Totally delivered. One word from God, one word from God. It can break your addiction, it can set you free. Yeah. The suddenlies of God, yeah. and you And no matter how many times you've gone through that cycle, bang, the power of God hits. That's it, yeah. it's yeah. dealt with by God's yeah. power. Amazing, we are in such a time. You know, Deuteronomy 28 says that if we set ourselves to obey the Lord, to listen to the voice of God, to follow his ways, he says these blessings, blessings, yeah. amen. These blessings will come on you and overtake you. Yeah. Amen. Can you imagine that? We all love those times where we suddenly have blessings, you know, attending our life. But you know what it's like to be overtaken by blessings? Wow. When you get overtaken by blessings, it means that you get all kinds of things happen to you, you don't even ask for. Wow. It's that scripture that says, before you call, I answer. Yeah. Amen. I, I've had seasons like that of something just suddenly camp come to me. Suddenly a large gift has come to me or, or some, you know, suddenly got a, a great upgrade on an airplane after a busy season of ministering. And, and I sat and and said, Lord, it's amazing. I didn't even ask for that. And, and I just hear on the inside, just wanted to say thank you. Yeah, amazing. I really, we're the ones to say thank you, you know, to him. But he's so gracious. Amazing stuff. I I remember hearing uh, Kenneth Copeland tell the story. He said that when he first started to preach prosperity, and he said he didn't do it because he had loads of money. He was thousands in debt tens of thousands of debt when God told him to start preaching prosperity he said the Lord told him to preach it and he said Lord I don't want to he said, he said you, you see anybody who preaches that he says you know everybody wants to kill him you know, he's just like, you know they just want to tear him down with their words he said I don't want to preach prosperity and he said but the Lord said but I'm commanding you to I'm commissioning you to preach it he said so the gospel can go out to the ends of the earth and he said prosperity isn't just that you have a bigger car or a bigger thing but the thing is the scripture says if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all these other things yeah. And it is things, and the context is practical. Yeah. Will follow you, and he said as He started to do it. You know, he said he just he realized he needed to to get himself out of debt, and he said he did it by first of all budgeting properly. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We have to do that as well, and also starting just to sow and to give and to tithe and all of these things. And he was giving and giving a blessing, and he said so all the time he kept doing that. And, um, and he said, you know, as he started to preach prosperity, he said, my goodness, he said, people who used to love me turned their back on me. I said, you know, he said, I had so many people tearing me down with their words. And he said, and then, he said, but I kept pressing on because God told me to do it. So I kept pressing on and trusting the Lord. So then the Lord blessed me with a nice car. He said, then that made it even worse. Everybody was saying this, you know. And I was driving around in, in, in this car and he said, and, and taking all the flack. He said, about six months later, I turned up after a long trip. I was absolutely exhausted. He said, there were six brand new cars sitting in my driveway. He said, I don't mind telling you. He said, they were not... They were not, you know, I'm not going to tell he said. He said, they were BMs. They were rollss. They were cars like that. He said, they were, they were not cheap cars. And they were all sitting in there with the keys and, and uh, all just handed over to me. and given over to my name. I said, dude, I said, Lord, what is this? He said, they wanted to kill me after one car. Now what are they going to do? And, and, uh, and, and the Lord said to him, the Lord said to him, Kenneth, you know that verse in Deuteronomy 28? These blessings will come on you and overtake you? He said, yes, Lord. He said, you've just been overtaken. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, you know what I did? He said, they were nice cars. I wasn't going to get rid them straight away. He said, <laughs> <laughs> he said I, dro- I drove around each one for a few weeks just to enjoy it, and then I gave them all away. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, if you, re- if you actually know him, yeah. that is what he's like. Yeah. But he gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, when Reinhard Bonnke, when his his... When his tent, when he first had that 34,000-seated tent, when that tent was ripped to shreds by a great storm, and it cost millions that tent, Kenneth Copeland heard from the Lord to buy him a new one. And despite the challenges of being on TV, where he never asked for money on TV or anything like that, despite all the challenges to his own ministry, he emptied his ministry's bank accounts to to pay for Reinhardt's tent. Because the Lord told him to. And just believe God. But the blessings that came on the back of that. Amazing. Yeah? So just in case you're ever tempted to say something (laughs) against the brother, I just wanted to tell you some of the ways that he's lived. Lots of people criticize things they don't know about. Anyway, look, here's a good prayer to be praying these days. You may have heard of a guy called Jabez in the Old Testament. And I, and I just got to declare this to you. You probably have heard all about this guy, but I want to read it to you. You know, what a name. What a thing to call your child Pain. <laughs> I mean, that's what his name means in the Hebrew, Pain. You know, you hear some people who say, oh, you're just being a pain, you know. But you can, like, that was his, his name. I mean, literally, can you imagine that? No matter where he went, Pain, how are you today? <laughs> you know pain get off there you know pain you know do this do that i mean awful what a name to have but that's what his name meant but you know it's very it's very um potent in many ways this the story of jabez because in the old testament names were given with purpose and destiny so very often people call but like jacob means deceiver but when he encountered god god changed his name from jacob to israel meaning a prince with god That God changed his destiny. He changed his name, changed his destiny. And so this is why Jabez, he, you know, he knows his name is pain, but he doesn't want to cause people pain. And he doesn't want a life full of pain. And that explains some of his prayer. And he cries out to God to change his destiny, change his identity. If you've grown up in a family that's always struggled for money, if you've grown up in a family that has always struggled with health, listen, always had broken marriages, always had difficulties in family. If that's been your past, it's time to say no more, amen. I'm in Christ now. We are a prosperous, healthy, blessed family in Jesus' name, amen. Start declaring something new over your life. You're in Christ. So 1 1 Chronicles 4, 9 says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother called his name Jabez. Not because he was more honorable, but just as she did saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Some people would think that it's a bit selfish to ask God to bless you and enlarge your territory. I always meet Christians like that. They think that poverty and God are tied together with a very short string. I, I personally believe this. God makes his streets of pure gold. I've been told by a jeweler that the purest gold is translucent. And everyone I've ever known who went to heaven and came back again, they said that you could look through the streets. They're pure, pure gold. Each one of the 12 gates made of a single pearl. Think about it. our God has no problems. I mean, the old joke goes about the guy, you know, who was who was desperately hoard. he was a hoarder, and he made loads of money in this life, you know, finally he died, he went to heaven. He's clinging onto all of his gold, he stands before before God, and God says, What are you holding on to all that pavement for? <laughs> you, know? You, know? you know, as far as God's concerned, see, God doesn't mind us having wealth, but he has an issue when wealth has us. If you can give it away. You can have it. Yeah, that's right. If God can get anything through you, he can get anything to you. Yeah. But you have to see that the Lord owns it all. Yeah. We just get the privilege to be stewards. And go. it's important with stewards, the scripture says, that they be found faithful. Yes. Amen. So look, but clearly, for those people who have a trouble with God blessing folks, it clearly didn't cause, cause God a problem because the Bible says God granted him what he requested. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So why don't you ask some bigger prayers? Very good. Yeah. Why don't you start asking for some bigger things? Yes. Amen. Yes. Absolutely. God is so faithful. Yeah. Just trust him. Amen. I've even had the Lord tell me to ask him for things. Yeah. For bigger things than I was believing for. And he told me to, to ask him for things that I didn't even want. <laughs> but I did. I remember when Don Double gave me his big two thousand-seater tent. I thought when I left Don Double, I'd been delivered from tents. I, I, you know, he has thirteen tents. I spent my life shifting those things around and putting them up and down. I didn't want another tent. Couldn't stand the sight of them. Finally, I'm delivered. Praise God. Let's get move on. You know, but the fact about it is that one year later, the Holy Spirit said to me, "Ask me for a tent." I said, I don't, what do What I want." Well, a tent for. I've just been delivered from it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want a tent. And, and the Lord said, Ask me for a tent. <laughs> yeah, all right, well, whatever. You know. I asked for a tent. One week later, Don Double phones me up. He says, The Lord's told me to give you my tent. Would you like it? <laughs> anyway, the long and the short of it is we saw thousands come to Christ in that tent over the following years. And God used to think But you know, sometimes God just accelerates things and turns the season. God will accelerate your harvest. He's going to accelerate your healing. He's going to accelerate your breakthrough. He's bringing you into a time of blessings overtaking. When you think about the way God does this, in John chapter two, verse one to twelve, we have the account of the first miracle that Jesus did, turning water into wine. I've personally never really understood the miracle because you know I, I I'm not one of those who believe he turned water into ribena. So I I I, I, I genuinely believed he turned water into wine. And the thing about it is, though, that my Bible tells me, and I'm not into drunkenness. Of course, the Bible is against drunkenness. But my Bible tells me that when the, you know, when the servants took the water that had become wine and they took it to the master of the feast, the master said, he said, wow, he called the bridegroom over and said, most people, he said, they have the best wine at the beginning. And then when the people are well drunk, my new King James says, When they are well drunk, then they bring out the inferior wine. In other words, they're so far gone, they can't tell the difference. And what did Jesus do? I mean, every one of those pots was about 30 30 gallons or so in every one of them. That's a lot of wine. They're already far gone and he made them more. I mean, it's been causing theological problems for years. But anyway, the long and the short of it is this. Think about, just think about the principle of acceleration. Most wines, when they are creating wine, take four to five years, three to five years for the wine to be made. More expensive wines, they age them up to 20, 30 or more years. I've even seen some that are 100 years old. Think, Those are the most expensive wines. You've saved the best wine, the matured wine. That would take 20, 30 years to mature. You've saved that to the last. How long did it take Jesus to make it? You get me, idea? Acceleration. God is bringing acceleration to his work in revive. Amen. It's time for new wine. Hallelujah, he's turning your water into wine. He's bringing breakthrough, he's bringing acceleration. When you do what Jesus says, as somebody once said, when you want what God wants for the same reasons that he wants it, you become unstoppable and unlimited. That's a great statement. When you want what God wants for the same reasons he wants them, you become unstoppable and unlimited. Amazing. Let me encourage you, the process is in place and the breakthrough is coming. Continue to stay thankful, continue to believe, like Abraham, against all hope, in hope, he believed. And whenever the Bible uses the word hope, it means certain hope. It doesn't mean hope the way we use it in English language today. Well, I hope it turns out all right, but not too sure, you know, just hope so. No, that's not the way the Bible uses the word hope. It means future tense certainty. It is, as somebody called it, the blueprint of faith. And so you could almost interchange the word vision and hope. Yeah. And, uh, but faith brings the vision to pass. Faith calls the things that be not yet as though they already were. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so we have to start speaking and declaring things out now that we have what, you know, what we have. You know, uh, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've done this. I remember last year I had a time where, um, you know, this church doesn't treat me this way. Never had some, thank God. But... But there are, there have been some churches who they all just say to you, know, John, uh, you know, John, we'll send you the money on afterwards have you know, your offering. And I said, that's fine, you know, no, no problem. And you go on and most churches, you know, this church does, fairly quickly it comes to you. And you know, when you're not on a full-time salary or anything, you know, uh, it, it, it's a blessing if they can send you the money reasonably quickly, you know, at least. So <laughs> the long and the short of it is, because in ministry, it's not like business. In business, you can give somebody an invoice, and if they don't pay it up within 28 days, you can take them to court. Well, you can't take churches to court, you know, because they didn't give you an offering, you know. So the long and the short of it is, is this, you know, and, and as a ministry, there are some who, who do put a price on things. I, we don't. I've never believed in that. Uh, Don Double was always a faith man, and I was, you know, raised under that. So the thing about it, though, is that when you have a number of churches over a number of months all do that to you, then suddenly you have no income, and you've got a family to look after. So, and that happened to us over two months. We suddenly were 5,000 overdrawn. And I was just, you know, because church after church said, we'll send it to you, and, and just didn't. And so, anyway, I was, um, you know, I thought, well, what do I do now? You know, I could send kind of little prompts. Was it lost in the post? You know, <laughs> I don't know. But in the eye, you know, I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to start thanking God. So I would walk up and down in my lounge every day say, thank you, Lord. I was believing God for 5,000 pounds because I knew I had to clear that thing. I was thanking God for it every day. And I would walk up and down in my lounge. According to Mark 11:24. 24, I believe that I receive that 5,000 pounds. I thank you, Father, for it. I receive it in the name of Jesus. And you know, somewhere in the process of believing like that, you move from believing to knowing. And you've got it. The spirit witnesses it to you on the inside. Then you just start thanking and celebrating. The fact is on its way. Yes. I remember the day. You know, Elaine was a little concerned about it. Uh, she's over 16 years of marriage. She's got used to me. So, you know, and, and she's out doing something in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, and suddenly I've got it. I shout. She's always telling me to keep my voice down because I've got a loud voice. She says like, I can hear you know, <laughs> praying down the end of the, the street. I said, they all need saving, darling. Come on. you know. But anyway, the thing about it, I always say to her, you know what the scripture says, Jesus offered up prayers with loud cries and petitions. And she said, yes, and this is the trouble of being, <laughs> being married to an ex-missionary. You know, she says, they know the Bible. She says, yes, it's true it says that. But it also says he went out to a solitary place. <laughs> he said so. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but, you know. The longer the shorter it is, I'm there, I'm praying, and suddenly I get it, I get the inner knowing, I said, yes, I've got it, thank you, Lord, I praise God. And she opens the door, what's wrong, what's wrong? I said, that's it, we got the 5,000. She said, wonderful, has somebody emailed you to say, no, I said, I've got it inside. <laughs> I said, I'm pregnant, I've got it inside. It's, it won't be long now. And you know, I've learned that over the years, that's the truth. Yeah. Once you get it in there, yeah. won't be long, won't be long. Yeah. One week later, one of the pastors some of the others completely forgot God bless him, but you know but one of the pastors phoned me up and said you know John I said, I, he said um, I just sat down with my uh, my leads and I said so we sent that check off to John I asked you to do it five six weeks ago and I said oh sorry we forgot we were so busy doing it so I said, we forgot to send that check he said look I don't know what this is he says but um, I just keep getting my heart we're supposed to bless him big time so um, send him five thousand wow. <laughs> there it was God's so good but I want to encourage you to call the things that be not as though they were. Yeah. Against all hope, in hope, believe. I love this the way the scripture is written. It says, he believed and became yeah. the father of many nations according to what was written. Yeah. You know, and, and this is the thing. You've got to believe. When you believe, you become what God declared over your life. Amen. Believe and become today in Jesus' name. Amen. I Look at that time, it's flying. That's the enemy of the preacher, that thing, I'll tell you. It's just <laughs> Here we are, Ezekiel. <laughs> Ezekiel says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he carried me. You remember that in Ezekiel 37, Valley of Dry Bones? The hand of the Lord came upon me and he carried me. It's very interesting, but the Hebrew implies acceleration. It can, the word carried can be translated launched me or shot me forward as in being propelled like an arrow out from a bow. I want you to know, I believe in this season, God is shooting you forward. He is accelerating you. Amen. He's launching you. You know, the way that God deals with this is not always routine. Yes. Suddenly there comes moments where he changes everything. Everything suddenly changes shoots you forward, accelerates his purpose in your life, in your ministry. I heard in my spirit as I was praying for you, it's time for an upgrade. Yeah. It's time for an upgrade, amen. And a so God is bringing upgrades for people in their lives, The suddenly sudden a God. Think about Joseph. There's amazing dreams and visions that God gave to Joseph. He wasn't very wise going and telling his brothers that they were gonna bow down to him and all of that. It wasn't the wisest thing to say. But the fact is that God even used his, his, his youthful you know, zeal, as it were, that was a little bit misplaced. But he used that nonetheless to get him where he wanted him. Yeah. And so this is, the, this is the amazing thing. But he went through years of trouble and testing until suddenly the day came when it was everything was turned around and suddenly within a day he became the prime minister of Egypt. Everything turned around. God is bringing you into that season. Everything is turning around. Amen. It's good. It's encouraging. It's true. You, see it with, you saw it with Moses. Being out there in the wilderness, 40 years, and one day he sees a burning bush. It's not unusual. In those days, many bushes are out in the Sinai, you know, there's lots of bushes that suddenly go up and, and spontaneously combust. But then that's it. They go down again very quickly. But this one combusted and kept burning. That's what got his attention. So we turn to have a look. You know, the moment you turn into something that God is doing, God speaks, God commissions, God empowers god provides you have to take the time to turn and approach into what god is saying into where god is manifesting into what god is amen but it changed the suddenly in the suddenly of god changed his life his destiny and that of a whole nation the suddenies of god coming upon you well we could go on and on and on There are so many of these. But I I want to say to you, I I felt I needed to say this to some of us during this time. Do guard your words during this season. Do guard your words. Your words are seeds. Life and death is in the power of the tongue and those who love it will reap its fruit. It's just so vital, the things that you say. Encourage one another. Speak words of faith. Don't allow criticism to enter your heart. Be somebody who speaks life and who speaks faith. You know, when God's ready to shoot you out, when God's ready to propel you forward, when God is accelerating you, have you ever noticed he he himself doesn't tend to listen to the critics? Have you ever noticed that? He just continues to push you forward, to move you forward, to bless you and to send you forward. No matter what the critics, the trouble is, the incredible thing is that everybody remembers the people who did stuff in history and all the critics are forgotten. So, all, all the naysayers, they just died off in, you know, just oblivion somewhere. But those who kept going, regardless of what the naysayers said. Nehemiah, I felt to say this to you. You know, there's still Sam Ballots around today who go around and say, Who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? And all of this kind of stuff. You know, and Nehemiah just kept pressing forward. Amen. Yeah. And when Sam Ballot wanted to bring him into a trap and said, Meet me in the valley. And it was a trap. Nehemiah knew that from the Lord and wrote back to him and said to him, why should a man like me respond to your letter, to come down and to talk to this? He says, no, he says, our God has given us a purpose and we will set our hand to it and the God of heaven will give us success. That's the kind of talk of those who get things done in the kingdom of God. Don't don't be somebody who's constantly listening. Are we pleasing them? Are we pleasing them? Listen, the important thing is pleasing the Lord. Live by faith. Get on and do what God has called you to do. You're gonna break through. This is your season. Get ready. God's gonna shoot you forward. You know, God doesn't take account of your finances, your abilities, you know, or what the critics say whenever he calls you to do something. He wants his purpose done. And when he wants to do something, he finds that people who are willing to go with, God's purpose has never changed. Sometimes he has to change his personnel, but the purpose has never changed. I don't want to be replaced. Don't know about you. Oh, the replacement's always better. <laughs> I don't want to be replaced. I, you know, I want to fulfill my call, and then I want others to come up after me and to do better than I've ever done. But I don't want to have to be replaced if you get my gist. I want to be faithful to do what God calls me to do. And that means not everybody will get you. Not everybody will understand you. And that's all right. Yeah. you know, Somebody once said, if you're willing not to understand and to be understood, you'll go a long way in the ministry. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. Well, be faithful. Stay in praise. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Keep building, keep warring. You remember that Nehemiah, that the guys who were building with him, they had, they had a sword or a spear in one hand. They had a shovel in the other. That's a good picture. You know, as you're going forward, it's time to build and it's time to war. Keep declaring what God has spoken over you and keep building the house of God. The work's gonna be done and God is gonna fill it with glory. Why don't we stand together in the, promise, in the presence of God here? It's time for acceleration. I want to remind you as I declare this again as a last verse from Amos 9:13 from the message. It won't be long now. Things are going to happen so fast. Your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Amen. Amen. It's time. It's time. It's time. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you're on our side. We're so blessed to know that we have a God who is for us and not against us. We thank you, Lord, that you are fulfilling your purpose, that you are watching over your Word to perform it, to hasten to perform it, Lord. And we bless you. It will not return empty or fruitless, but it will bear fruit, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for sending out the angels to bring in that extra 300,000 that's needed in Jesus' name. We bind Satan in the name of Jesus from hindering any finances from coming into this church. And we say right now that the finances are being released for this church in Jesus' name name. Angels of God, go hastily to bring forth the finance in. Let it come. Let the increase multiply. Let it accelerate, Father, in Jesus' name. Raise up leaders within the house, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Multiply teams. Multiply churches. Bring the increase. Father God, send to the nation and the nations and bring to pass your purpose, Lord. Multiply the miracles, the manifestation of your glory in your house, Father, in Jesus' His name. We bless you and praise you. Come on, let's thank him. Let's praise him. Jesus, we worship you. We receive it, Lord. We receive it, Father. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you say, John, I, I don't know Jesus myself. You speak of all these blessings, but I don't know the blessing of God in my life. And you know, you can be a wealthy person, but empty on the inside. You can be somebody that has everything. You're like George Harrison from The Beatles said in his in his autobiography in the last chapter. He just finally come to this moment where he says, I've had everything the world could give me. He said, All the wealth, all the fame, he said, and all the women. But here I am, the doc says I've got five minutes to live, and I'm haunted by the three questions that have followed me all my life. Who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? And the answer to those three questions is only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want to say today that we're going to pray a prayer right now. If you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you would have been getting the message through the songs, the prayers, everything today, that Christ died for your sins and mine. He died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again. And he's alive today. And the Bible says if you believe that and confess him as Lord, he'll save you for eternity. Turn today away from living a self-ruled life to live a Christ-ruled life where his blessings can fill you and accompany you and stay with you all the days of your life. This is for you. This is what God wants of you, to say yes to heaven. It's what you were made for. God created you with purpose and the greatest purpose of all, first of all, is to know him and the second, to make him known. Why don't we just pray together? Say this prayer after me out loud. Let's just say it to the Lord, whether it's a first time for you or maybe a recommitment to Christ or others just praying it to support those who need to for a first time or recommitment. Let's just pray this together. Lord Jesus Christ, Christ, I thank you that you love me, me. that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. dead. I I acknowledge you as Lord of my life. Jesus Christ is Lord. I turn away from sin. I, I give you my whole life. I give you my life. Wash me clean, Lord. Make me brand new inside. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I thank you for a new beginning, a brand new life. I will love you and serve you as long as I live. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.